Shalom. In this week's Parsha, Parsha Svayesha, we have the two famous dreams that Yosef has and he shares with his brothers. The Beis Alevi notes that the Torah tells us that after the first dream, the brothers' reaction was hatred. They hated Yosef. And that's what it says exactly in the Pasuk. That after he told them the first dream, they continued to hate him. However, after the second dream, it doesn't use the Lashon, it doesn't say that they hated him, rather that they were jealous of him. The Lashon of the Pasuk was, his brothers were jealous of him. The Beis Alevi asks, what's Pshat, what's the reason for this so obvious and evident difference? The Beis Alevi answers this by examining the dreams a bit more carefully. If you look closely, you see that the first dream, what happened, Yosef said that he and his brothers were in the field and that their sheaves stood up and bowed down to his sheaf. You see from here that he did not say that the brothers themselves bowed down to him because they were in the field and he was in the field. Rather, the sheaves that they possessed bowed down to the to the sheaf that was owned by Yosef that he collected. However, in the second dream, it was quite the contrary because the second dream, he compared them to stars and he was in the middle of the circle and they bowed down to him, meaning the stars bowed down to him, but the stars represented them. They, the stars represented the brothers. So they themselves bowed down directly to Yosef. The Beis Alevi explains that each dream represents a totally different area, but both represents an area in which the brothers would become subservient or inferior to Yosef. The sheaves in the first dream says the Beis Alevi, and you'll soon, you'll soon, you'll soon see why, Beis Hashem, represent Yosef, represents Yosef's future superiority over the brothers in the world of success in Olam The bowing of their sheaves indicates that they would be dependent upon him for physical sustenance in this world. Now, how does the Beis Alevi know to say this and that the brothers realized what happened here? Because a person, if he has less money in the physical world, if he has more possessions or less, more money or less, that does not mean at all that he's intrinsically superior to others or less better than others. All it means is that he has more possessions. A wealthy person not in essence a better person than the person that's poorer than him. And therefore, based on this idea, the Beis Alevi explains that in the first dream, which he says, that represented Olamaze, that they were to be dependent on him and Olamaze, because it represented Kashmis. The brothers themselves realized this because the dream did not involve them bowing down, but rather their possessions. And therefore, in the physical world, there's no re reason for the brothers to be jealous of Yosef. In contrast, though, the second dream refers to Yosef's future spiritual superiority over the brothers. Where, as we know, spiritual accomplishments 
they do actually define the intrinsic greatness of a person. Accordingly, says the Beis Halevi, the second dream represented Ruchnius, and therefore the brothers themselves bow down to Yosef, because spirituality is intrinsically what the person is all about. So it indicated that they had, that Yosef had inherent spiritual superiority over them. With this understanding, the Beis Halevi goes on to answer his question. Why the first dream the brothers hated Yosef, whereas the second, they were jealous of him. Hatred, if you think about it, results when one resents another person's actions, whereas jealousy arises when one feels inferior to his fellow Jew. The brothers hated Yosef because his first dream implicated that they would need him himself for sustenance and he, would and he would physically rule over them and that causes hatred especially because the Beis Alevi goes on to explain that they, they, he thought they were dependent on them but they know they're only dependent on Kodesh Baruch he's just a, a means to get them the physical whatever they need the tools they need in this world but the second dream showed them already that on, on a spiritual level they would they would not be on his level they, he would have more accomplishments, accomplishments than they would and that already is a good reason to arouse jealousy especially because that is the jealousy that Chazal teach us is a healthy type of jealousy right? Kinat and also it says in the Pasuk don't ever be jealous of someone else doing sins. Just on the level of his Another indication that the second dream is all about spirituality, the Beis Halevi explains, because a tzaddik, a person on a high spiritual level, can have, a, can have a huge effect on the whole world. And that's why Yosef himself was in the center, and the stars representing all the mazalot, etc., were around him, because he would have a bigger hashpa effect on, on everyone. So that, too, gave a hint that this is talking about the spiritual world. At the end of the day, were summarizing the answer of the Beis Halevi. How come in the first dream they felt hatred and in the second dream they were jealous? Because the first dream, the possessions a person has, that doesn't really mean, that is not the definition of the person. It's not intrinsically what he's all about. And therefore there's no reason to feel hatred towards that, towards that other person. Just like the Beis Halevi says that there's a saying, my wallet or my pocket that usually has money, it should be embarrassed from my wealthier friend that, has, that his pocket is full. But me personally, there's no reason I should, be, I should feel inferior to my friend. It's, it's just possessions. That's not what this world is all about. However, in the second dream, where the Beis Halevi and his wisdom showed us that it must be talking about spirituality because it's the essence of the person and they were bowing down to Yosef that's when jealousy arises because they say wait a second how come we didn't have such spiritual accomplishments before we go on I just want to point out that it, the, the place where a person is holding in spirituality, that's not the indication of who he is, because it could be that he was born to a family, to a surrounding, had certain environmental uh, effects, society effects on him. That's not really 
attributed to his accomplishment in the spiritual world. It's all about how much a person worked to reach and accomplish higher level of spirituality, which as we know is a big job. We know the Chazal teaches that even to change one small midah is a, whole, a lifetime of work. So we're not belittling that, but it should be understood that the spiritual level of a person is based totally on his spiritual accomplishments and not if he was born to a certain family in a certain way. What we want to, what we need to take with us from this space of Levi is the following, especially today when we live in a in such a Western world that is surrounding us, that they view the world in a different way. We know that the material possessions of a person indeed do classify him and tend to be the essence of what a person is. One's wealth is considered a very significant indication of his greatness, according to these Western definitions. This attitude, as we know, is very per pervasive, and, and even us, being Torah-observant Jews, may find it difficult sometimes not to be influenced by them, because they give such chashivus to wealth. We have to do our best not to let that affect us and not to let that get into our society and our families. One small example is that we see the Gdoilim, any Gadol of Shtaim and Reb Chaim Kanievsky, when you go to their houses, you see that they, they, they don't care. The Chafetz Chaim, everyone, they, they, in, in fact, they were poor. They, it didn't, didn't matter to them. That's not what they were all about. When you go to one of these places and you come back, you realize, whoa, the possessions are really, unless you use them, of course, for, for Avodah Hashem, and also rich people that we discussed earlier, just if they use their possessions in the correct way, that's like anyone using their tools in the correct way. If they use their tools and their money to support to support learning, to, to, to do Torah and mitzvahs and chesed, of course, that also that also makes them go higher in the level of spirituality. The other nekuda we can take from here, the other nekuda we can take from here is that a person needs to be aware that everyone around him, especially his family, looks at him and sees how he reacts to certain things that happen in the house. And this Western culture they give high priority to possessions. A person, when his possession gets affected, sometimes they feel like it's, if their possessions get damaged, it's as if something, something in their essence got damaged. You see, sometimes people, you cannot believe how they can go crazy when, when their car gets scratched or when their nice glass coffee table gets chipped, even if it's by their own kid. And the kid hops that. They realize, whoa, my my parents are getting so upset when I accidentally or or not accidentally chipped the coffee table. That straight away is is something that's teaching the kid. Whoa, possessions are important. So we have to work on ourselves because many of our many of us obviously have this natural instinct. Yes, to be upset about such an act, but we have to work on ourselves, especially in front of our kids, to show that that is not the most important thing. It's a lot more important that a kid grows up and says a bracha before he, before he eats. Of course, we want to give positive reinforcement about this idea and not to get upset if they don't say a bracha because that can backfire on us and it will backfire on us. Kolpanim, I'd like to end off with a story.
about one person that bought a car in Israel it happened to be a BMW and then you realize wow this car is unbelievable it's shiny it's so and everyone's staring at me I'm very worried to have Ayinara I didn't think about that before of course uh, in Canada BMW is every other car so that's not a big deal but let's say it was a Ferrari in Canada he goes back he goes to Rav Steinman who by the way is the Gadolador that I asked if to leave my work ten years ago and he told me to do so and he doesn't usually say that bracket that and and he said to him wait a second I don't understand have you uh, have you finished all of Shas already? so the person answered him nah, no not really have you learned half of Shas? he goes I tried but no not really I didn't learn half of Shas either he goes you know one did you learn one Masechet yet? so the person goes yeah I learned in Dafyoimi I don't know so I'll buy he goes, so you don't even know one Masechet really well? And he goes, no. So he goes, there's no reason to have Aynara. What is there to be jealous of you? That was the story. And, and it's the same idea that we see here. Not necessarily learning Gemara. But, but the spiritual level one possesses, or one reached, as we said, accomplished, that is the essence of who we are. Yiratzon, that we take this and put this in perspective. I will try to find another story that I wanted to share with you and maybe I'll send that tomorrow because it's related to Olamaba and Olamazeh and I think it's a very nice story and I'll send it as well I'll call upon him have a good Shabbos and Be'ez HaShem next week instead of sending a Tvartar on the Parsha I will send one on Chanukah and obviously I'll do my best to do so before the Chag starts call to good Shabbos